Welcome to Ready for Anything, where we discuss real-life medical cases. We are a board-certified emergency medicine physician and a certified emergency nurse with over 40 years of combined experience in the emergency care setting. Oh, and we also happen to be married. We have seen some crazy things, and just when we think we've seen it all, something new comes along. That's why we have to be ready for anything. In each episode, we will review some of our most interesting cases and hopefully provide some education on each topic. This podcast should never be taken as medical advice, and all names and locations have been changed to protect patient privacy. Buckle up. Here we go. And we're recording. All right. So welcome to Ready for Anything. It is a medical podcast where we talk about actual uh, medical cases. I am Heather. That's for you. Okay. Uh So I'm Warren. (laughs) I have been a nurse for 23 years. I am a certified emergency nurse, and the majority of those 23 years have been in the emergency department, both in community hospitals as well as trauma centers. So I'm a emergency medicine physician and have been for about seven years now, um, 10 if you count residency which I do. And, uh, before that I spent about 15 years as a paramedic in both rural EMS and Metro, uh, EMS and trauma centers as well. And also did 12 years as a medic in the army. Uh, so I've got well, a lot of varied experiences in the emergency medical setting over the last couple of decades. Yep. I think you and I both have combined over 40 years, 40, 40, 40 years of experience. That makes me sound old. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm older, so. <laughs> I didn't say that. I know. Uh, we are married. We have been married for quiz time. Oh, no. 20 years. 20, 20 years. Be 21 soon. Yeah, this past August was 20 years. We actually met in the emergency department. So, um, But that story will come later once we've done this a few times. <laughs> so how we got to this is when you meet someone and you're talking to them and you tell them what you do for a living, what is the very first thing that they ask you every single time? Oh, what's the craziest thing you've seen in the ER? Exactly. So we have been (laughs) trying to compile some of our most interesting medical cases um, to, you know, document this. People want to hear about the things that we see and what we do every day. So the idea of a podcast was born and here we are. And that's a, that's a hard question to answer because what's crazy to us uh, is probably different than what the non-medical person would think of as crazy. Oh, there's all different levels of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's the sad crazy and the happy crazy and the weird crazy and the disgusting crazy and 
the crazy crazy. Yeah. And we probably will have a story for every one of those. Yeah. So with this being our very first episode, um, just to kind of hopefully put a little schedule or guideline on how, how we want things to work is um, we will talk about these cases. Um, I probably will start with my nursing experience, let you then talk about your medical experience, and then we will try to our best to offer some type of education um, about whatever the topic is. But we do have to say that anything that we say on this podcast should not be considered medical advice. Um, Not only that, but everything that we talk about um, is going to be HIPAA compliant. We will use no names, no locations. Um, So that kind of crosses off our legal boxes. Yep. You got a question, go see your doctor. Exactly. So having said all of that, you know who we are. So the first topic that we're going to talk about is snake bites. Yep. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. All right. Buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. (laughs) So um, when we talk about snake bites, I have seen lots of different snake bites over the years. But one of the ones that actually stands out to me as far as my nursing career is, um, you know, we both worked in rural eastern North Carolina um, where there are a lot of migrant farmers. And um, one day, working in the emergency department, a migrant worker comes in, having been, uh, he had been bitten on the hand uh, by a snake. He was out in the fields uh, picking squash. And if anybody has ever been out in the fields picking squash, you know that the leaves are huge and you can't always Mm -hmm. see what's under there. So he stuck his hand under the squash plant to pick the squash and there was a snake under there and it bit him. It bit him right in the web of his hand between his thumb and forefinger. So, um, the people that he was working with decided that, um, I mean, they're in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere, So they grab a shovel, and instead of cutting the snake's head off, they just whacked it on the head with the shovel. And they wanted to bring the snake in so that they could show us what kind of snake it was. Is this the one that they put it in the Gatorade bottle? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So they're out in the field working. It's hot. It's the summertime. They put the snake that has been whacked on the head in a Gatorade bottle, but they don't put a lid on it. So they bring it in, and as I'm sure you can probably tell, the snake was not dead. It was just stunned. It just had a headache. (laughs) (laughs) And it woke up and decided it wanted out of the Gatorade bottle in the emergency department. (laughs) Yes, because that's what your emergency department needs is a very ticked off Venomous snake. snake. Yeah. Roaming free. Yeah, it it was a... um, wasn't that a copperhead? I think it was a copperhead. It was a venomous snake. The guy was very sick um, when he guy when he got bit by the snake. So, um, yeah, we ended up having to call security, which is their very favorite call to get. Um, hey, this is Heather in the emergency department. Um, we have a venomous snake on the loose and would like some assistance. Bring your gun. So. <laughs> Um, thankfully they ended up getting the snake corralled. Um, it was in the, 
if you remember in the emergency department, it was like room 11, 12, and 13 was that open bay. Mm -hmm. So it was room 11. And so you've got patients in room 12 and 13 with just curtains between them and we're snake wrangling. Mm -hmm. So um, nothing to see here, folks. Yep. Yep. Nothing Everything to see. Everything's okay. Yep. <laughs> so we ended up uh, successfully wrangling the snake, set him free in the woods behind the hospital, and uh, the patient lived. So that's my nursing story. I remember that one. Yep. Yeah, that's when you were working as a paramedic. Yep. Yep. So what's your crazy snake bite story? So mine's a little bit more recent is when uh, um, working as an ER doc and uh, I was working, it was a morning shift, I believe. No, it was an afternoon. Sorry. Afternoon shift. And uh, uh, we hear the radio go off the, from uh, EMS and uh, the call in is they're bringing in a patient who's post cardiac arrest from snake bite. And that piqued my interest because I have never, ever seen a cardiac arrest from a snake bite. That's not something you hear every day. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I called the, uh, the toxicologist later on while I was taking care of the patient, he uh, was very surprised to hear of a cardiac arrest from a snake bite because he's like, I've never heard of that. That's not something very uh, common. So I was definitely interested when, the, when this patient came in. And sure enough, uh, he, uh, EMS brought him in uh, and... He was unresponsive. Um, they had gotten a pulse back on uh, before they left the scene, so uh, he was breathing on his own, uh, was not intubated. And his right hand was swollen and discolored. And so we started, you know, taking care of the patient, getting monitor and IV access and all this blood work and stuff like that. No, no snake with the patient. No snake with the patient okay. this time. Good. Thank God. <laughs> Um, and the patient's father finally came in. And so I was able to talk with him and get a little bit more history. And so um, what the, the patient's father let me know was that his son had been imbibing in the spirits that day. <laughs> and was a little intoxicated. And they were out for a walk through the woods. Which, that's what everybody does when they're intoxicated, Exactly. Right? Okay. And he looked over and his son had picked up a... I think he didn't know what type of snake it was at the time, but I think we finally, it was some sort of either cottonmouth or venomous, or for some sure. sort of venomous snake. Um, he had found it and then picked it up and was holding it in his right hand and saying, look, dad, look, I got a snake in my hand. And this guy's 30 something years old, I think. Um, so the patient, oh, the, the patient was 30 yeah. something years old. So old enough to know better. Um, but I guess the, uh, the alcohol helped fuel his, uh, invincibility. Um, and so the dad said that the snake struck him at least four or five times in the hand while he was holding it. And he finally convinced, convinced him to drop the snake. And so he said, let's go to the hospital. So he got his son into the car with him and was driving him to the hospital. And he looked over and his son said, I don't feel good. And then collapsed back. And so the father pulled over on the side of the road, called 911. They had him check to see if he was breathing. He wasn't breathing. They had him pull his son out of the car, start CPR on the side of the road until paramedics got there. So now I had kind of an idea of what was going on. So I took a little better look at his hand. He, sure enough, he had like three or four bites to the right hand. Well, he's slowly decompensating. I end up having to intubate him to secure his airway. And I'm looking to see if maybe this is anaphylaxis because he's hypotensive. You know, he's getting modeled. He's looking, you know, 
like he's about to die. Um, and there's no airway swelling. I intubate him with no problems. And oops, sorry, ding dong. Yeah, time <laughs> time's up. You have to leave now. <laughs> Story's over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm I get him intubated. I've, I've started him on pressors. I've sent off lab work. The lab keeps calling saying we have to redraw because all the labs are off. They 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 say it's not compatible with life. It can't be right. You got to re restick them. And I'm like, no, that's probably right. Um. And I'm on the phone with the toxicology, and I'm also on the phone trying to get him transferred to our major trauma center um, for further care. Um, and he just starts bleeding from every IV stick. His belly starts swelling. Um, his labs, uh, he's acidotic and hyperkalemic and hypercoagulable. His, he's in DIC. Um, so we... For all of you non-medical people, this is bad. Yeah. Badness. His his blood is no longer able to clot. Yes. But Uh, yeah, it's all clotting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's what DIC is. Micro clots that at the same time inhibit the ability for the blood to clot. So uh, we get him stabilized and get him transferred up. And I kind of followed along this patient and he ended up... uh, going into renal failure on dialysis. He ended up developing compartment syndrome in his abdomen. They had to open his belly and keep his belly open. So compartment syndrome is when you get so much swelling and so much fluid accumulation that it actually puts pressure on the internal organs. Or if it's in the extremity, it puts pressure on the nerves and the the blood vessels and it can actually cause loss of limb. In the abdomen, it can do the same thing. It can cause bowel ischemia and other, you know, organ dysfunction. So, the treatment is you literally relieve the pressure. So you cut from sternum to pubic bone and from the rooter to the tutor, leave it, leave it <laughs> flayed open with a little covering over top of it. Um, That's medical terminology. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, you know, after a extended course, I did, unfortunately the, the patient did not survive this event. And so when I go back and I'm, I'm looking at it, you know, we try and always review all of our, Number one, our mortality uh, patients, uh, just to see what we can learn from them. But also, just this guy was interesting to me because this is something I've never experienced before. Um, and what I, the conclusion I came to was that I think he had at least one, if not two, intra-arterial injections of venom um, in some of the snake bites. To his hand. I think it actually uh, he he got venom injected directly into one of the arteries in his hand. And that's what caused such a drastic uh, reaction in his ultimate uh, demise, unfortunately. Um, So if we're going to the part where we give out life lessons, uh, the life lesson for this is uh, don't pick up a snake, (laughs) especially when you're drunk. Um, That's that's a good life lesson. Don't pick up a snake, especially when you're drunk. mm -hmm. Yep. We'll put that on a bumper sticker. Here you go. Or a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, say that, you know, you're out, not drunk. <laughs> say you're working in the garden and get bit by a snake. Yeah. So most snake, you know, 90, I'd say 95% of snake bites are non-lethal. Um, Especially around here yeah yeah now you know we're not talking like you know the the weird stuff in australia where everything can kill you just by walking by you (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> or but, even the rattlesnakes out in the desert. <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about the, the, the mamba snake. I think yeah, it is. The green the, mamba. The 15 steps. You know, yeah. it's supposed to kill you within 15 steps. No, yeah. we're talking about like the usual run of the mill United States of America. Eastern. Eastern U.S. Eastern U.S. Uh, snakes are, are 95% of the time are non-lethal. They're going to cause a lot of, you know, pain and swelling. And you can get some, depending on the type of snake, you can get some uh, coagulability issues. Uh, but, you know, we've got this fantastic expensive drug called antivenom. Crofab. Um, yeah, that sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't. And then, uh, you know, we actually ended up administering it to this guy. And it unfortunately was not helpful. Um, but the majority of snake bites just cause localized swelling and discomfort and pain. And, and so there's several times that, you know, snake bite patients will come into the ER and we'll watch them for four or six hours. And as long as the swelling doesn't get worse, then go home. Um, so I think the, the, the best thing is, is if you do get bit by a snake, then, uh, you want to try and limit your mobility, try and elevate the extremity as best you can. And this and, goes against every law of nature, but you need to try and remain calm Yeah, because the more excited that you get, the faster your heart beats, which helps make the venom go around that much quicker. <laughs> try and, and stay and calm. Identify the snake, but no need to bring it to the hospital. No, take a picture. Cell yeah. phones are everywhere this yeah. day. Snap a picture. We, we, we do not need the actual snake. Nope. In the department. Nope. We don't need a mascot. <laughs> no. We're going to name him Fred and, you know, keep him in the back. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's not going to happen. So. And, you know, a large portion of snake bites are dry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Except for the young ones, the baby ones. Those yeah. are those are the ones that they have, they have no self-control. They're like normal kids. Like, <laughs> you know, we just had Halloween and. All the Halloween candy is gone within a day because the kids have no control and just. Yeah. <laughs> Same with baby snakes. Same with baby snakes. They're just yeah. going to bite and release all their venom. Yep. Sorry. That's the second ding dong. We will be sure and have uh, Dr. Singleton. Oh, sorry. I can't say your name. Uh, we will be sure and have the great doctor um, put his phone on silent next time. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Okay. We're back. I think that pretty much wraps up our first podcast where we have discussed snake bites. Anything else that you want to add? No, I think, you know, the bumper sticker. Yeah. Don't get drunk and pick up snakes. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, you know, my pearl of wisdom, my life lesson for the day. Wonderful. So any burning topic that you want to put on the agenda for next time? We've got a list somewhere. Yeah. We got to talk about, well, we were talking about crazy stories earlier. Um, I got, you know, one of my colleagues brought up our, my recent crazy faker guy. Oh yeah. That, uh, that's a, that's a pretty good one. That is a pretty good one. So that might even, uh, um, and, and, Bring some enjoyment to our law enforcement uh, our colleagues. Our law enforcement listeners, yes, yeah. absolutely. So next time on Ready for Anything, we will talk about Big Fat Fakerhead. Yep. All right. 
Take it easy.